Hello everybody and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today we are talking about Dragon Age Origins and probably Sonic Chronicles of the Dark Brotherhood and MDK and a whole bunch of Bioware stuff that we're not going to talk about. Anyway, see you on the other side of this music. Anyway, so after we're done humming the Mega Man 2 title theme, we generally crack into introductions. This is the introductions. With me is the stalwart, sword and board, bearded dwarf Craig. What? That is absolutely right, fine. Yeah, hi, it's me. We'll uh, talk about this later. Standing to the left of him in a lithe, skimpy outfit that is a nice forest green to offset his blonde hair is our willowy elf, Mike. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hello, evening. <laughs> I, of course, will be your standard, boring, nobody-should-ever-pick-it human. And let's crack on. Give us the stats, Craig. Oh, dear God. Are you sure? Are you sure you want the stats right now? Why don't you right stall now? a little longer? It's not. Oh, well, it's fine. Obvious. It's fine. I've, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Dragon Age Origins was released in November 2009. So that is a whole 11 years ago, which I shouldn't have said because that then dates things and it's, it's a bit rubbish. Oh my god. Anyway, it was released across the board everywhere in November 2009 across the world on the 360, PlayStation 3, and on the Mac, which is wow. incredible. I've, wonder how it played on the Mac. Um, should have maybe tried that, but whatever. Uh, developed by Bioware, published by EA, uh, directed by Dan Tudge, produced, designed, programmed, arted, written, composed, and all that guff by a load of people I thought it was going to lead YouTube. up to one person. I was going to be like, wow, that's <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> That'd be amazing, but no, unfortunately not. Uh, yeah, that's about it. This is about it. And it's an RPG, obviously, and it's part of the Dragon Age series. You might say it's the origins of the series. The oranges of the series? The oranges. It's the oranges okay. of the series. So then what can we compare it to to make it apples and oranges? Um, uh, um, I'm not sure. Halo? So comparing Halo and... Dragon Age Oranges is like apples and oranges. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'll quit. Oh my god, shut up. <sighs> I'm sorry. Alright, so, Craig, Mike, <laughs> what is your history with Dragon Age? This one specifically. Did you just say Did you just say Craig Mac? No, your name's not Mac. Okay. Alright. Excellent, excellent. Well, not not a great deal. Uh I have a good friend. Um, who was well into his PC games. He had a more powerful PC than me at the time. Um, I'd go over and I'd catch him playing some sort of RPG game whilst, you know, in between Counter-Strike, which we all loved, he'd be playing this sort of like Neverwinter Nights thing and Baldur's Gate 2, I believe. And and he'd always be absolutely, he'd, you know, he'd be sat there all day by the looks of it. And the second I turned up at his door, It'd be like he'd, he'd shut it off and then he'd put Counter-Strike on or something like that. But I was always thinking, what's he doing on this game? And, you know, it seemed like it was, you know, just completely engrossing him. I've still never played either of those two mentioned games, but yeah, he absolutely better loved off it. For and, it. And, and, you know, I, I picked up that it was Bioware and I thought, I'll give it a go at some point in the future. And, uh, yeah, I came, I think I came in at Dragon Age Origins. I'm not sure if I played any earlier Bioware games. Uh, oh no, no. Well, obviously, I played. I played a little bit of Star Wars, um, Knights of the Old Republic, and things like that. A little, a tad, but not not too much, to be honest. Um, and I played a little bit of sort of Jade Empire. Not really much else. It's a bit of a bit of an unknown quantity for me, to be honest. Uh so so you lied earlier when you said you hadn't played anything by Bioware. That's fine. Just want to point that out. Um, where does this sit for you in terms of, like fantasy? Like, is fantasy a genre you actively seek out, or is this kind of you'll just take them as they come? I think you you got the hint recently when I was discussing Divinity Original Sin, saying I would not touch that with a barge <laughs> until I did actually play it. Um, I'm not so that so there's a few sort of periods of time. I'm sure I mentioned this many hundreds of episodes ago. Something about 
I don't like certain periods of time. Um, I don't like, you know, like Elizabethan era, uh, all, all Tudors, all that sort of rubbish. It's just something about it just meshes wrong with me. Um, I like the gladiators. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> but and, and I like like ancient Rome, stuff like that. Maybe a tiny bit of sort of Greek mythology. But when it comes to when it comes to this sort of weird magical medieval world which isn't exactly gladiators it's sort of it it's all a bit brown brown and dull <laughs> just like just like the start of that generation where this this started appearing and uh i don't know i just don't gel with certain time periods and that's fantasy didn't really happen though so it's not a, a time period i mean I would love if it but was. It's, it, it I know is what you mean. I, I'm just if, if you rip, uh, I know, but if you if you rip some of the some of the crazy stuff out of it, it will sort of sit in there. As, you know, that sort of time period that I just, I just doesn't. It bores me. <laughs> so, I, th- so, you I think know, the, you know, the. I think it was Dante's Inferno. Now that I, I think it just popped in my head that we talked about the different time periods and games. Sorry, it might have been yeah. Um. But no, no, I don't know. Uh, you know, on on occasions it can work. You know, as I mentioned, Divinity um, that absolutely nails it. It's, it. But it's the game that shines through, not the, uh, you know, not its sort of like underpinnings, I guess. Okay, so so, so like even Divinity, like um, the fa- the the fantasy nonsense going on, is just something you put up with. It's not something you're ever really interested in. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the only one that really successfully does it, and it's obvious because it's Capcom, is uh, going to be Dragon's Dogma, which sort of fits the mold of something I shouldn't like, but I generally yeah, I'm kind of surprised you do. Yeah, that would be a game I'd like to do for the podcast at some point because that is an interesting little bugger. Ah, uh, Craig, now we yes. know that you hate everything that came before spaceships. Mm-hmm. So hey, um, I do. Um, I hate most things that came before spaceships, but as we know, spaceships were invented in 1812, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, are we talking time periods? Because time periods-wise, there are only a few I don't like, including the whole Roman, you know, gladiators, all that kind of bollocks. That's, that's yep. not... Well, what's interesting for me is is you are a very strict sci-fi over fantasy guy. You, you, like, mm-hmm. you very much prefer it. But yeah. you'll like Dragon Age... Yeah, I know enough. Like, is it the same thing with Mike? Where you put up with the fantasy nonsense because you like the game, or does the world of Dragon Age actually grab you? I think the the world of Dragon Age doesn't grab me. It's more. It's really like for me. I like my history to give give a bit of insight. My history is I went in at Inquisition and the three DLCs that came with that, and I spent a an inordinate amount of time with that game, like a sickening amount of time playing that game. And I, a Yakuza I amount of time. More like maybe three or four Yakuza's or something. It was, it was disgusting. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it just, for me, it felt more like I loved Mass Effect. Mass Effect was a big thing for me, but Dragon Age Inquisition was an, an awakening of this fantasy side of things that I never ever ever engaged with before really which is bizarre considering you know it was late on the Inquisition must have been 2014 2015 it was launch PS4 uh, Xbox if I remember right 2014 Um, honestly I loved it so I played that and that opened up the world of fantasy to me. But otherwise, I was very, I'm, you know, I'm traditional Mass Effect and space and the outer worlds, which we should totally play for this podcast at some point, by the way. We should. Good idea. So, yeah, I played that. So, when you said, let's play Dragon Age Origins, I was like, yeah, I'm game for that because, you know, it's good seeing a bit of the background. There's a lot, there's a lot of similar but differently named characters like Alistair and Cullen is a big one for me in that they are practically the same person across two different games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to draw some of those comparisons later because I think it's, it's a weak point in Bioware's. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, that's that been about it. Like, Inquisition's ace. We should play it for the podcast. Maybe next uh, week. The hum, hum, ha, hum, hur. 
Anyway, Normal. so my history <laughs> with uh, Dragon Age Origins is uh, well. Uh, first, I guess I, I never really played much from Bioware. Like, like kind of like Mike, I played like Knights of the Republic, and I loved Jade Empire, but I never played Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights or, or you know, any of those CRPGs. Also, they're garbage. Don't play them. Um, so I'm not like uh, like Mike or Craig uh, in the fact that I actively seek out fantasy stuff. It's always something I like. And it, I, I remember like growing up trying a bunch of stuff like Heroes of Might and Magic, and yeah, yeah, it was okay. Or you know, Bard's Tale, and yeah, it was okay. You know, a bunch of stuff. And I never found a fantasy game that clicked right. And uh, I don't know if you guys even remember this. But the E3 trailer that they released for this, where, you know, it shows him climbing up the mountain and then, you know, she turns into a spider and blah, 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 blah. Like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. It's from, like, the Jade Empire guys. I'm going to love this. And um, I picked it up on release day for uh, PC. And then my PC exploded. And so I restarted it on console. And on a good day... If I haven't given it much thought, I would say this Dragon Age and like Dead Space are probably my favorite new IPs from that generation of uh, gaming. Like I love Dragon Age. Uh, that that might change a little bit when, by the time we're done this this uh, episode, but I, I genuinely love fantasy and Dragon Age really scratched an itch for me. And so you know going forward, it was like, well, I'm playing all these. So uh, yeah, we're eagerly awaiting. The next one, for me anyway. Anyway, anyway, uh, where were we? Oh, uh, we we Mike was going to do a rundown of like what was Bioware's oeuvre before this. So, uh, Mike, why don't you give us like just the pertinent stats, like you know? Yeah, sure, sure. So, so yeah, Bioware themselves, they're a they're a Canadian game maker, formed in 1995. Most known for being um. Well, their founders included the the two doctors, so uh, yeah, there's a uh, uh, Ray Ray Mazika and Greg Z- Zeshuk. Um, but yeah, they're actually medical doctors, which is quite quite an odd thing. Um, but yeah, that was alongside a, a group of people. Um, I'm not going to name the names at the moment. There's quite a few, but it's it's quite a big company, and yeah, they were bought out by by EA. So. They they have quite a lot of games. A lot we've already mentioned. I, I don't think we mentioned Mass Effect so far, but that's that's probably what I'd class as their main sort of crowning glory. But yeah, yeah, I can see that as their flagship. Yeah, um, they're quite well known for engines, which was unknown to me. Which is yeah, very unknown to me. But like I said, I didn't follow Bioware greatly. I actually thought they were French originally. I don't know why. Um, well, French Canadian. No. Oh. Well, that could, yeah, that could work. But yeah, yeah, just to pick off a few curious games that they've released. So the their the first release was a game called Shattered Steel. Has anyone even heard of this? No. It's that mech game, right? You're right, but I I don't even remember this. In fact, having a quick look at pictures, still still nothing, nothing. Um. Oh sugar, I've gone on to Mech Warrior by accident now. Apologies. Sugar? MechWarrior oh, was Sugar? Ace. Like, I was a good... Um, MechWarrior was a good game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I like MechWarrior 2 was Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Armored Court. No. <laughs> Excuse me. No, Dave. We've had this conversation <laughs> as well. But, yeah. To, we have. So, to run through, we've got the Baldur's Gate. Strangely enough, they picked up the reins from Shiny to continue MDK with MDK 2. Um, I did not know this, and I think Dave is still unknown whether he's, he played MDK 1 or 2. I played one of them. Um, further to that, they went on to Neverwinter Nights. Has anyone ever played Neverwinter Nights? Because that's got very, very high sort of I protection. have. Yeah? Um, Neverwinter Nights is like this weird blend of Diablo plus Baldur's Gate. Mm. Like, it's it's got that overhead... Uh, and kind of gameplay of Diablo while yeah. still having dice rolls and everything. It's like the dice rolls are moving fast enough to where it almost feels action-based, even though it's set in uh, D&D rules. Uh, the biggest thing, like, Neverwinter Nights brought to the table was it allowed a... Um, the online had a character... Not a character. A world creation toolkit. So people were making uh, whole separate games out of the Neverwinter Night like, toolkit. 
and you could do weird things like uh, make MMOs within Neverwinter Nights and things like that. So yeah, it was that was kind of a big deal. Well, I know, I know for a f- well, I'm pretty certain that I I used to check Metacritic a lot when Metacritic first appeared. Um, I used to look at it quite frequently, and for a, for a stupid amount of time, I'm pretty sure Neverwinter Nights was right near the top of like you know highest rated games of all time sort of lists, things like that. Wow, oh, that's kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'd even be there anymore. But but back in the day, I, I don't I don't even look at Metacritic to be honest. But um, but yeah, moving on. So they they went into Star Wars with you know Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic Two. They even did did an online version, which, as far as I remember, was was quite good. But yeah, J- Jade Empire, um, got it. Still not played it much. <laughs> And then, curiously, we have a Sonic Chronicles: The Dark Brotherhood. Now, Dave, you know a tiny bit about this. From from the <laughs> back know. of my mind, I think this was is it a DS game? Maybe it Game had... Boy Advance. Oh, okay. And was it, it, it? Was GBA? Was it like a? Uh, what would you say? It's like is it like you get a couple of different Sonic characters and you just do like. Uh, it's like a sort of Paper Mario style game. What what was <gasps> it? I think that I am mistaken. You are correct. It was on the DS. I'm very sorry. Um, yeah, it was a turn-based JRPG, not made by the Jays. Uh, yeah, it, it was just a flat out with like loads of lore and loads of text, and it was just a regular old RPG. And I remember it being garbage. Oh no. It looks it looked promising in the pictures or in the screenshots that I saw, if I remember right. It, it, well, um, the best way I can put it was, um, well, first of all, not ever caring a single bit about what happens in the Sonic universe, but uh, it has that like beginner JRPG problem of way too many random battles. The random battles don't move quickly. Every time you get in a battle, it's kind of a slog kind of thing. Like just mm. like beginner RPG mistakes. Okay. It's like, it's like if you went back and played Dragon Quest 1 now, it's like, you know, every four feet you're getting a random battle kind of thing. No, that's not good. Not good at all. But, uh, uh, oh, uh, just as an update, mm-hmm. uh, Neverwinter Nights, as of March 2020, not 19, is sitting at a 91. So, uh, that's really stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. And that that probably Anyways. includes. I think they've they've had like a, a definitive edition or something like that. Most most likely recently. Yeah. Um. But yeah. To I mean to round out Bioware. You know they've come into the latest generation of systems with a sequel, Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, a further sequel. <laughs> and <laughs> then they've had they've had a huge amount of just cancelled games all over the place. And then running up to disastrous releases of Mass Effect Andromeda and the beautiful Anthem. Um, which yeah. brings us on to a future possible game, Dragon Age The Dread Wolf Rises. Hurry up, make it. Hurry up. You know, the I mean, I, I was delayed for flipping Anthem. Like, Anthem. You look. Well, remember got... who their daddy is. Yeah, I, mean, I know, I mean... but it's like uh, I'll uh, admit, I thought Anthem looked pretty interesting when I saw the first. I did as well, actually. I, I really did. I looked at that and I thought that that's <laughs> pretty. That's pretty crazy if that's going to run on our system. And then it arrived, and it was like nobody really cared. I think the the beta yeah. period sort of destroyed that game, to be honest, from what what I heard. But I, I didn't. It, I didn't it even did. play it. I didn't um, buy it. I was excited about it more than you people were, I think, because I was at the point of trying to convince you, like, let's get this and let's let's you know, like have a week party and just do it. And no, wait, it wasn't just, that Fallout seventy six? No, Fallout seventy six. Remember, I got really <laughs> excited, and then about you a did. week before, thought, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I, this is a big flip flop. No, I, I'm being flippant, obviously, because, you know, like, EA bought them and then Anthem needed fixed and probably still needs fixed. It's just, it hurts a wee bit because I think, I think more Dragon Age is required in life. 
Well, well, the good news for anyone out there, though, is that Anthem is now available at your local retailer for approximately £2.99. So you can get it with a, Jump a Diet Coke for less than a fiver, most likely. Um, I mean, it, the sad thing is it's just another story of EA buying a company, not letting them do what they did to get good, and then just wondering why they're doing terrible. But all that is in the present. Let us let us look to the past, my dear friends. Um, link to the past? What? I didn't yeah. hear a link to the past. Uh, good. No, actually not. That's one of the good ones. So go ahead and play that. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and play it while we, me and Michael wait. Click, click, click. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd try to make a Zelda noise, oh, but God, uh, I guess not. Uh, no, no. Just... Talking about this, I mean, we. I would have thought like Mass Effect is their big feather in their cap, but I guess uh, Neverwinter Nights would be. Plus, um, like I guess it's kind of understated now because we just had that Star Wars game. But for a while, these were the Star Wars guys. Like they made the best Star Wars games, hands down. I think, and then the- they are, but like Star Wars has never been a big thing for me, so it's always been Mass Effect, Scratches, the sci-fi itch, and also you know like the Bioware formula, which I love, and mm-hmm. Dragon Age. I I love I love the the fantasy in Dragon Age, and the like for me the writing is just on point with this stuff. I love it. So, um, well, I mean for Inquisition, uh, let's talk about Origins later. Oh, we're going to talk about Inquisition now? Yeah, why don't we just talk about Inquisition? <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, Cassandra was my boy. Uh, me and her, we, we saved the world together. Oh, she um, was just too annoying and tanky. Like, yeah, fine, she's a great tank. What's wrong with but tanky? She, I don't like ta- tanky. isn't my style. Tanky isn't my style at all. Ah, so if you were picking, you would pick to be Pokemon Sword, not Pokemon Shield. Exactly, yes. Okay. All right, so uh, off of this meandering path of why Iron Bull is the coolest character ever, mm-hmm. let us <laughs> let's. Um, I, I guess if you don't know what Dragon Age is, uh, boy, you're going to be very confused by this podcast so far. But uh, Dragon Age is an action RPG that you could say is done in the Bioware house style, and what that means is is lots of. Um, Lots of talking, lots of writing, lots of uh, dialogue choices. You'll sometimes go, what, guys, like 20, 30 minutes without seeing combat at all? Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Um, uh, just as a, as, a, as a tidbit, the average film has uh, 3,000 uh, words of dialogue, and Dragon Age Origins has 742,000 words of dialogue. So... That's at least one Death Stranding per hour. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> um, uh, Craig, since since you're talking, uh, yes. and you should be punished for it, why don't you uh, roughly explain how the combat works in this? Um, yeah, the combat is is interesting. So what you've got is you've got various the usual the usual kind of fantasy RPG guys. You've got a mage, you get like I personally was a dual wielding rogue, which it seems to be my thing now rather than archer. I go archer Not very for, tanky. Archer for first person, dual wielding for third person, and that is what I will play every single time. Um combat wise Whatever um, weapons you've got, you pick your attack. So you, I, for me, it was just slashing with a light attack. And you just basically look about the place, pressing the button, and your character runs off and hits people. You can swap between your party and try and, you know, like jump onto the mage to do a bit of crowd control and then jump onto your tank and fire off something to get everyone paying attention to you. It's kind of solid feeling in this. Like, I found myself manhandling the situation a lot more. In Inquisition, you had that lovely thing where you could pause the combat and then tell people what to do. You don't have that here. But it's really quite fluid and fast to switch between character and... No, uh, you're, you're wrong. You do have that here. Oh, I do. do you? <laughs> yeah. What? Um, you can pause uh, it. Let's... Okay, well, hold on. Uh, I also want to set the disclaimer that uh, there is a difference between the PC and the console game. Uh, later on, we'll discuss the PC differences. But on console, um, 
like Craig said, yeah, combat's very uh, MMO-y. Like, your mm. auto-attacks are just auto-attacks, and you choose abilities based on cooldowns and things like that. Um, and yeah, Craig, you can you when you bring up the ability wheel, you know how it has, like, a crosshair in the center? Yeah. Okay, so let's say you're playing as Sten, right? I don't know why, but you are. You're playing as uh -huh. Sten, and you're like, okay, I want him why to do this, you, but I also want Why would anyone play as Sten? Yeah, nobody plays Sten. Uh, I want, also want Alistair to do a shield bash while I'm doing Sundering Strike. So while the while you're still holding the trigger down, you tap R1 to get to Alistair, click his ability, then tap L1 to get back to you and choose your ability. I and did they both not fire off notice. The same time. <laughs> I played this for 60 hours. <laughs> oh, well, I, so, uh, I should have been employing very complex strategies, but... I probably did less than you guys did on the console, to be honest. And and I had um, every option available. You really don't need to. Like that's something I do want to talk about. The, the I, I um. Well, first I guess since Craig started, let's get out of the way. Uh, my first run through I played through as a mage, um, and then my second run through I played through as an archer. Uh, what about you, Mike? The first time I probably played as a human human noble. Who just runs around you with a sword. Human? Oh. This time around, I played as a human noble who ran around with a sword for oh sure. My. Gosh, Mike, <laughs> humans? You choose humans? Oh. I don't know. I don't like I said, like I said, it this this kind of universe doesn't get much inspiration from me. And it'd only be in something like when I pick up Divinity 2 that I will go. I'm going to spend a hell of a lot of time with this game. I need to concentrate on what my build's going to be. That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, I, so Mike mentioned it there. Uh, you can choose between a human, uh, an elf, or a dwarf. And all of them have separate uh, origin stories, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But uh, So your starting spot is different depending on the race and the cl not classes in warrior, mage, you know, thief, but classes in like your social standing. Yeah. Now, this actually, at, at this point, can I ask, because I did something different. I'll tell you what I did different this time. A, I didn't know that you can hold down R1, which is stupid. In Inquisition, you, you mash the big spongy button at the top and you get this third-person awesome strategy view of things. It looks great. You don't get that. That's the way the PC version looks of this. Oh, right. Yeah, you scroll okay, out and you get, you get access to that. Damn it. Anyway... I roleplayed this, like, literally. So I picked an elf city rogue. Then I roleplayed, in inverted commas, the decisions that someone like that could potentially make. And that is something I've never done before. Normally I sit at a screen with text, you know, like as I'm shepherd, and I'm wondering whether to go with that side or that side or do this or do that. And I would be, like, sitting going, holy crap, I don't know what to do. This time, I made things a lot easier by getting the part, you know, like role playing it properly. Do you guys yeah. do that? Um, generally, my first run through is something like um, Mass Effect or this. It will be the okay. How would I personally answer this? Um, my second and subsequent run throughs, yeah, I'll have fun. Just be like, ah, oh, he's yeah. a dwarf. He doesn't give a crap about politics. <laughs> just <laughs> kill him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this. Sorry. So uh, I was a. An elf wizard, because I'm not Blandy McBlandington, and I later I was a dwarf archer. So, uh, Mike, are you still here? Your little thingy is. I don't play games for blinking. as long as I used to, so I'll sort of like my mind might change every day. One day I might want to be a nice guy, the next day I might want to be a little different. It's just going to depend upon the day that I'm playing it. It's not. I'm not going to stick in a role for the entire game. Okay. Because I know, right, like, if you play like a tabletop role playing game, that's what you do. You you stick to a role. You add a role. So I thought, I'm going to apply this to this game. It makes it so much more interesting. Because I was making decisions that I would never normally make. You know, like sometimes I've been a complete dick, and sometimes I did something that I thought I would I wouldn't have picked. That. I would have picked the other one, but this person would have picked this one. It makes it really interesting and quite stressful. Oh, good. I'm I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I did want to ask. So uh, this game also employs the. Bioware patent pending morality gauge. Yes. And uh, so, what did you guys end up as? I'm sorry, I can't help but unless I'm going for a trophy, get the um, nice guy of the year award. Just, just, just <laughs> the way I play. Um, what about you guys? 
I was awesome. I, I ended up being really nice because my person was nice. They were fight. This is how I'm thinking now. They were fighting because they were fighting against adversity of being a city elf and all the hassles and pressures that, that came from that. So when they returned to the city, they obviously were a different person and blah, 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 blah. So I ended up being a nice person. Apart from sometimes when I accidentally murdered people. You know, like you do. It I, does I, happen sometimes, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? Like... There's a bit where you approach a building and there's two guards standing outside and I was going to talk my way through that and I accidentally stabbed them and just, uh, that was it, it was chaos after that and I was like, shit, uh, I'm yeah. not reloading or not, I say, or not a save, I didn't do that at all this time round. Ah, good man, good man. Uh, yeah. yeah, there were some Red Dead 2 whoops <laughs> yeah. moments no, in this. Not. I mean, not. Uh, Mike, did you end up a complete heartless bastard or uh, an angel? Well, mm, let's just say, imagine you were friends with um, someone who, you, you know, you knew you knew everyone hated, and they kept saying things like, oh, just skin that rabbit, we'll just kill these people. And imagine <laughs> being those, those friends and having to follow all the way through the game, <clears throat> and kind of like knowing that your leader does not care about your emotional act aptitude towards what's going on (laughs) they don't care if you're going to get ptsd from what you've experienced that was kind of the the party that i was touring through the land um they saw a lot of decapitations they saw a lot of dead bodies they they saw a lot (laughs) of lack of remorse um yeah it wasn't so mike was the leader of the ptsd brigade i know yeah (laughs) i I think when, when i saw the intro and i saw all the things that the enemies are doing i thought Oh, they're probably the good guys in this game, possibly. <laughs> we'll continue from there. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dave? All right. So, uh, along well, I was, I was, I was the the knight in shining armor. I just always end up being that. I don't know why. I just, I feel sorry for people that are made of ones and zeros. I don't know why. Uh, so, uh, as Mike was emotionally tormenting. Uh, his party, uh, perhaps Craig and I were developing our uh, our feelings with our party of ones yeah. and zero people. Uh, so yes, there is also a a very simple. Uh, I don't want to call it a romance gauge because it's not always a romance gauge, but let's say an affection gauge. And um, I, there is some inc- oh god, no, no, I I did focus a lot on this. The very the because of. <clears throat> As I, I might have played it this time on the PC, but originally I played it on the PS3, quite quite close to launch. Um, and I spent a hell of a lot of the game, sort of like paying attention to to how my romances were going. And I had my eye on someone from the start. I mean, it's quite it's quite an insidious plan, but I got there in the end. <laughs> uh, but not this time. Not this time. Death does not um, do do well for uh, the ladies. All 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 lads either. Uh, so, so uh, because I was going for trophies, I was the um, the camp hanky, let's say. Oh. Uh, uh, on my second playthrough, on my first playthrough, I did what I always do. And, I, you know, Alistair's a nice guy. I like Alistair. So, I was buddy-buddy with Alistair. Not buddy-buddy. I was a little more than buddy-buddy. If by more than buddy-buddy, you mean a hilarious sexy video that happens when you max out somebody's gauge and says all right <laughs> uh did anybody else see those because me and the wife got a good chuckle out of those i can't remember them. i i did on the original uh on my original playthrough but i I just can't remember i i i'm guilty i will say i'm guilty in previous bioware games of specifically focusing on the romance aspect. Well, not only are there trophies, but there you got to see those cutscenes, man. Yeah, but in this case, I managed to just not like for mine. Alistair was the the one that kept on popping up, and we were at the point where you know we could get Jiggy, but just didn't, and I didn't, and I was wow. surprised myself with that because. And the, the, this by this point, it was too late in the game to really be meaningful because I thought, oh, this is just going to go tits up anyway. So I was sensible. Like, I was a sensible city elf. What the wow. fuck has happened to me? <laughs> <laughs> the sensible world of Dragon Age coming soon to a store near you. I know. Um, along, along with those... Um, by the way, it is funny how uh, if you turn Alistair down, he turns into a very thirsty boy. 
um, there's a way of, did you, I did a thing, did you know there's a thing you can do with Alistair? You must know there's a thing uh, you can do with Alistair. There's many things you can do with him. Uh, are you talking about the thing involving multiple people? Uh, no, no, I'm talking oh. about a very specific set or a very specific way you can talk to him at a few points in the game that completely changes personality for good. No. Oh yeah, yeah. you can like harden him. Right? Yes, you totally can. Yeah. I done it. I done it by accident. <laughs> like, so wait, wait, you did the sister thing and you came out looking like a dickhead. Yep. Ah, well, congrats to you. I, I mean, she deserves it. She she deserves. That's what I was like. I was like, like, look at this situation, Alistair. She deserves this. She's a dick. Okay. All right. I, I understand that. Um, other little tidbits that are in the game that, uh, and I'm curious about you guys. Did anybody care about crafting at all? No. No. Not in the slightest. Like I must have had an inventory, like a fucking <laughs> supermarket or something. Honestly. I crafted so little, so, so very little in this. Maybe I had, if I had flasks and whatever ingredients for health potions, that's all, I would I would burn out my flasks for health potions and that was it, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, other than like those those quests where it's like, hey, can you craft me five yep. potions? And you're like, fine, let me stop by the store and you buy five potions, you don't craft them. Yep. I did none of that. Same with like trap making and anything like that. I didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't play on Nightmare, but I played on the one above that. Oh, no, not not above that. Sorry, below that. So above normal, but not Nightmare. Yeah. I think it's Veteran, I, I think. Veteran. I played on normal, and it was far too easy right the way through the game. And I, I kept on getting tempted to bump it up a wee bit, and I just didn't. I just, so normal was just... Nah. I got through it. I got through it. I was, in fact, it wasn't too easy. I did the usual thing and I was completely overpowered because I hoovered up everything and did everything. So my 60 hours were well spent becoming an overpowered... Oh, uh, remind me about that later when we talk about mm-hmm. like quests and stuff, all right? Because yeah. I do want to ask you a question. Uh, Mike, what about you? Did you, um, did you find this easy and did you use crafting at all? I did not use crafting in the slightest and I set the game to the easiest. So I blazed through it. I absolutely blazed through it. Um, yeah. Uh, Did you find any points of uh, like resistance at all, or was it just kind of press X to win kind of things? Mostly, mostly. I mean, there were a few few taxing bits where where maybe the team wouldn't stick together, and you know, if you if you go running through, you're going to lose people. They're going to get caught behind, get stuck in other fights, and if you're not switching oh, yeah. roles all the time. You're just going to be sort of like going, oh god, I've got three people over there fighting, I'm on my own, I'm about to get absolutely destroyed. And isn't it, uh, I can't remember, is it when your main character wipes that that you get the... Uh, no, no, it's it's when your whole party wipes. Yeah, there, there were points uh, where... You can have your main character die. If mm-hmm. you're play, If you're getting far too used to using a certain character like say your your main selected character is your you know your main character all the time you you can sort of if you lose them in battle you can all of a sudden sort of go hang on i have no idea what the all these skills are that just popped up and <laughs> yeah sort of scratching your head a bit and thinking maybe if i can just last out a bit longer then i can revive everyone when when we get through it but what i did um, which was rather cheeky was when my character that i was playing was about to die i just changed character and nine times out of ten they'd sort themselves out <laughs> <laughs> you know just like, oh, then man. i'd change back that works oh i i did the um chug 15 potions in a row kind uh, of thing because there's no cooldown on it it's like diablo yeah, uh, potions you just mash you're good uh one thing uh i do want to bring it that i really like in this and i kind of like it in every game and if you listen to the final fantasy 12 podcast that i did that you shouldn't ever listen to uh i talk about it there too uh this has kind of a gambits tactics thing where you can um you can almost program how the ai works in any given situation and I always love doing that because you can automate so much and still have it automated the way you want. Uh, did you guys mess with that at all? Not in the slightest. I, I really, I had everything possible here. I had the zoomed out camera, I had the pausing the game, I had, <laughs> I had everything available to me. And, it's, and yet, I still did not. Apologies, apologies. You're not going to get any oh, of no, this no, sort no, of thing. It's, it's fine. 
stuff that um, you'd want for the PC you version this time. Okay, um, it's uh, the tactics menu. You can go in and say, like, let's oh, say is Alistair. That what that's called? Yeah, I, if, did, I did a heap of that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoy trying to make uh-huh. a well-oiled machine of, like, oh, if two enemies do this, if three yeah. enemies do this, if somebody's targeting this person, do this. I really like doing that. For a particular final battle... No, hang on. Scratch that. For a particular tricky battle, um, I failed a few times, and then I went into tactics, and you can just set it, like... If below 75% health, use potion. By this point, I had 400,000 potions, so I wasn't really fast. <laughs> so that's what ended up getting me through. It was fiddling the tactics and getting them. It's really robust. Like, I could imagine a nightmare playthrough of this being really, really satisfying because you would have to fiddle with the tactics. You would have to get your your, your team right. It's It's pretty cool. If you really like doing that kind of stuff, Craig, check out Pillars of Eternity. I mean, it's got an almost like a code interface okay. where it's like, if engaged by two enemies, but you see mage casting, do this. If oh, not engaged okay. by... It, it, it's really granular, and that's always yeah. a lot of fun for me to get to work. Mm. Uh, or you can just Google it and say, all right, what are the best <laughs> AI scripts and copy it. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else um, mechanics-wise that we haven't touched on before we move on like the characters? Uh, we've done combat... Well, you know what? Let's save characters for next episode. How about, how about the fact that... So, you were saying before, if you you know, if you know speak to Alistair at certain points in the game, he gets, he gets tougher, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I noticed that quite often I'd, I'd accidentally do it, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd press the, the action button as I'm stood next to another member of the party and just start talking to him in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it was always really mm-hmm. jarring because you get a little mini pause and then the head would pop up and I'd say... I don't want to talk to you right now, and I'd always try and make sure I didn't select. I don't want to. I don't want you. You know, don't want you following me or, or anything like that. But, uh, but like, I don't think there's any like. Um, if you accidentally click somebody, and you have the one-on-one conversation. I don't think there's any consequence for just saying no. Get out of here. I didn't mean to talk to you. I'm getting, kind of thing. I'm yeah. getting mixed up with divinity. Not, I think all of a sudden. No, there's, <laughs> there's very very similar dialogue options where at certain points you can say get out of this camp, I don't want you here anymore, and you lose oh, the yeah. party member. So there's there's a fine line between I don't want to talk to you and I really don't want to talk to you, and before you know it, you've lost a party member. But I, I lost oh, one. I do oh, remember God, no, very, mind. very frequently, you know, doing this on my original playthrough, I'd, I'd always be seeing, is there any new new dialogue that's going to pop up after this event? Oh, yeah. And things like that. And you know, There's a hell of a lot of just random stuff to pick up if you if you... If you've got the the motivation to do it, of course. But, you know. If you have the constitution for it, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot like Mass Effect. After a mission, you'd make your rounds around the. Oh, I just forgot the name of it. What's the name of the ship? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna go to gamer jail. What's the name of the ship in Mass Effect? The Tempest. Is it? Is it the Tempest? The, yeah, it's the Tempest. Is it the Tempest? I'm sure it's I the Tempest. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Okay, hold on. Right. There's the Are Mako we all googling? and the... <laughs> the Mako's the car. The, yeah, the Mako's the, temp- the moon rover. The Normandy! The Tempest! What the hell's the Tempest? <laughs> Alright, so everybody hand in your gamer cards. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. so it's a lot like in Mass Effect when you run around the Normandy after you're done a mission, being like, do you have anything new to say? Do you uh, have anything the- new? Dave, The Tempest is Mass Effect Andromeda, which in my defense is the ah, last one I played. Okay, all right. We, you don't have to hand in your card just yet. Thank you. Uh, and every time you go there, Garrus is always just recalibrating, and he's always <sighs> never wants to talk to you, and it breaks your heart every time. Anyway, so moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, another system that uh, even when I did a Nightmare playthrough, because I did a Nightmare playthrough on PC, because I've probably finished this game like seven times, um is enchanting. Did anybody touch enchanting? Uh, no, not in the... Sl- in fact, I because ench- the wee guy just goes, Enchantment! I felt sorry for him. So I got him <laughs> to en- enchant a couple of things, but then I just... I gave up. And I ca- in fact, I'll save it for the next one, because I'll just say just how it's fucking hilarious when you find him in the final battle, but, you know, in the <laughs> castle. Oh, yeah, and he's, yeah, yeah. he's standing in a room full of dead bodies just going, Enchantment! And I'm just like, what the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> um, 
Oh, uh, so sorry, uh, we interrupted you earlier. Did you say you lost somebody on this playthrough? Oh yeah, I, I did lose someone, and it was part of a quest where I made a slightly unpolitically correct decision for one of my own party members, who then immediately turned on me and ah oh, snap paid the price yeah stay tuned for part two if you're vaguely curious about what happened yep. um okay so let's get into the um the not in the game stuff but the actual like aesthetic stuff who else thinks this game looks like hot garbage oh it really does <laughs> it's really bad looking. I it, it feels it looks it, so good when it first came out. Oh yeah, I remember it. It just it just feels of it. I always say this. It feels of its time, but for this in particular, it just feels so old. It just feels so old. As the lack of any kind of proper texture or terrain, and it's very simplistic in its layout of the. The towns and stuff that I think, um, yeah, it's it's, it's aged well. I, I personally like the idea of equipment being melded directly to skin. Mm. I find that a great idea. Um, the the facial textures that look like they've been rolling around in mud for a little bit, uh, re- really nice. I think the dark spawn actually looked okay. It was whenever yeah. they tried to do a human that just looked awful. I love it that you get that huge, massive map and you sort of look at it and then you you pop into a little tiny area and you go, oh, that's all I've really got. Oh, that's yeah. it, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to talk about map design too later on because it, it's... You know what it reminded me of? Well, let's talk about it now. Why not? Uh, yeah. Craig, you know, it just reminds me a lot of his Final Fantasy X. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's 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 an open world, sort of, but very linear. It's like when you go to the forest, there is one path, uh-huh. and it'll branch off, but that's it. It's one path. So, yeah, I got a lot of Final Fantasy X vibes, which is good for it, me. It does feel like... The one, the one thing that I didn't like, and I don't know your take on it, I really didn't like the random encounters on the map when you were going from one place to the other. It was kind of like, I know where oh, I'm going with this. they just interrupt you. They do, like, they do, don't they? It's just like, oh. and I, now, see, I, I had a thought about this, right? Because, again, uh, I recently played Pillars of Eternity 2, where loading screens are the name of the game. I think that's it. Like, like if it didn't have loading screens as long as it does, I don't think I would mind random battles. Yeah. But it's because you see the little X icon, and at least on PS3, it's still you still hear your PS3 go, <laughs> every time it gets ready to load something. So you're like, ah, oh, crap, here it comes. Um, how were the load times for um, you, Mike, on PC? Um, quite quick, quite quick. Funnily enough, I I did watch a speed run at some point, um, as you as you're all pretty much aware. But, but the the <laughs> the main point I got from the speed run was that he spoke a lot about like the uh, the way the game works, and he was saying about how um, like on his run he was doing weird things, like he was saying right. I've I've just been through about four different areas. Fifteen minutes of game time has passed. What I'm going to do is I'm going to quit out of the game and then load back into it because there's a memory leak which causes the loading to get longer here from this stage. Oh, really? Like. So so I I took a page from his book. I didn't really speed run it because I wasn't going underneath the map and appearing at all sorts of crazy things. Or I d- I didn't know how to. Wow. To be honest, but but from that I just I I just got a bit of info and thought you know what, I'm going to quit out the game every so often and see if that helps. And there were a few bits where it sort of went a bit slower, but generally you load screen, load screen's probably about six or seven seconds, something like that. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, Craig, what did you play it on first? Sorry. Uh, Xbox One backwards compatibility was, it was buttery smooth and quick. Like, as quick as what Mike is describing. (laughs) Oh no! I got I got the thirty five to oh, forty God. second load screens. If I got that, like, I would have, I would it would have driven me. I played this and like I played all of the whole game in about six days while just straight after getting my teeth out. So I was already in pain. If I had to endure that long of load screen, I would well, actually I, have just cracked up. Again, coming from Pillars of Eternity Two, it's like, well, they're not two minutes long, so these are pretty quick load screens. Uh, yeah, if you're gonna play this, do like Craig or Mike did. Uh, the load times on PS3, I don't know about Xbox 360, 
but uh, they're pretty long. Like, I mean, well, you guys know what it was like. It's like you go into a building that's off the main drag. All right, got to wait through a load screen. You go out of that building. It's a load screen. So, uh, yeah, the loading was was kind of annoying in this. Um, I didn't have any problems with the sound, but I do want to talk about the voice acting. Did any guys have a problem with the sound? Like, I thought sound's okay. Yeah, it, it works for what it did. Yeah, sound was fine. Um, the voice acting, like, if yeah. do, do you have a specific take on I've got a take on it, which... All right, all right shoot your take, old boy. It sounds like, and I'm not going to name any characters in particular, but it sounds like some characters, they paid actors to come in and read lines, and then other <laughs> actors, they got janitors, and, you know, like, oh, like, we're getting more lunch from the canteen, so we'll get this lady to say a few lines. It was all over the shop. Like, it was all over the shop and it was painful because the writing was actually really quite good it was funny and witty and it was on point for a lot of it but the voice acting was just some folk were just flipping dreadful now i wonder what characters you're talking about because like going through it i was surprised and and totally forgot how star-studded this cast is yeah no that like if you google like the actual voice actors was like oh 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 yeah, it's wow. like this Tim Curry and like mm-hmm. Kate Mulgrew, and it's like wow, those are some gets, man. Oh, Kate Mulgrew was what's her face's mum, wasn't she? Yeah, Fl- Flemeth. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. Oh yeah, Kate Mulgrew's got a but, fantastic voice. Uh, so so I am curious, like like what character did you think was okay. bad? Because I know what character I thought was bad. Uh, a couple of the examples, I, a lot of the dwarfs, a lot of the dwarfs just in general, I thought were terrible, but the woman that was outside of the um, chantry bit in the town, and I can't remember what the town name is because I didn't write it down, but the one that had the square in the middle with the market, and it has the, like, you know, the, the oh, elf yeah. Like that place, there was there's a woman... Yes, you can go up and talk to her, and she's got some fantastic lines, but she delivers them so terribly, so it was equally funny and painful to listen to. And from that point onwards, I started listening to, like, guards and stuff, and I was just like, some of this is just not... It's just not on. It's just not um, on. In terms of party members, I think 95% of them are well done and work pretty good. Uh, except Lil Yana. She's got to go. I got to go. See that soft watty? Oh, and the thing is, <laughs> I could have been doing with her in my party, but I just couldn't have her because I didn't even want her talking to MD. I was like, I know. Um, I like a good soft English twatty accent, just not hers. No, uh, like Mike's it's, it's twatty go. accent is fine. Mike is a perfect twat. <laughs> no, thank you. No problem. Mike, Liliana, you're a that, perfect one. It's the way it, it feels almost like a stage whisper at points, but it's not. It's just. It, sounds put on you know it's yeah put i'm on. sure it's not the actress i'm sure it's the direction or whatever because i've heard her in other games so she's fine it's just in this one uh mike what do you think personally personally i i didn't have any huge problem i think the, the biggest thing for me is just if you replay the same thing you get exactly i mean you know it's, it's how it's gonna be it's a, it's a 2009 game so it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit bit funky in places of you know reloading the same chat up again. But I think what jars me sometimes is just the emotional shifts. You know, like one line can come out sounding say maybe a little bit happy, the next one can be like really alarmed, and there's no real change in subject there. So you're sort of like going don't know maybe they record it on different days or something like that i don't, I don't know oh yeah you go from how you like hats to when your mother died <laughs> instantly <laughs> but i mean like you know quite quite often it, it could be you if you choose a certain option in like a you know a multiple choice sort of answer to something it's like some of the answers come back at you with like like i don't know if the tone was right on that but I'm reading the text anyway at the bottom of the screen, so it doesn't really matter. I can interpret as I wish, I guess. But, you know, there's just a yeah. few jarring bits like that because, you know, they don't expect everyone to choose every single option. And I'm sure some are more carefully written than others, but I, I don't know. Weirdly of note, that there are a load of different um, people who were involved in certain quests in the game, if I remember right. It's like certain certain people who write, say, a certain a certain quest line. So, say for example, like the magic circle oh. or something like that. 
there'll be one person involved in that whole whole period and then another person in the next. Um, I'm, I'm yeah, I think sure Fallout it's... used to do that too, where people, certain writers would write whole quest lines so it would all be like one voice as opposed to all a whole bunch of writers contributing. I didn't know that. Sadly, I was following a guide for the game. Make sure I could make it on time. Oh, that's fine. And and it was saying this this quest was written by so and so and things like that. And it was really really weird, you know. Sort of like the for example. Oh, that's kind of cool though. I hope this isn't a spoiler if I said Landsmeet, but for example, Landsmeet it's divided into three different quests, which are all written by the same lady, who's also involved in something else, and it was like saying. You know, a brief description of who the designer is and, and and how they'd contribute to it. It's quite it's quite interesting if you look into it from that angle. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of cool. Um, oh, also, so uh, this is also proof that anybody who in this generation of, of PS4 and Xbox One and Switch says, "Oh, that looks like a PS3 game," no, 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 no. They haven't played a PS3 game in a long time. Like, it, it is very jarring to go back to, even in terms of, like, did you guys get that, that like, I guess, fl- that, like, I got flashes in my memory of, like, oh, yeah, wow, this is 2009 with, like, the animation for things. And how clipping was not really a thing they concerned themselves with too muffle much. Absolutely not. Like, clip, clip away, mate. You know what? Physics don't matter here. Yeah, it's strange how the weirdest things remind, or the smallest things remind mm-hmm. you of, oh yeah, this is totally from a different generation. And then you boot up a PS4 game or an Xbox One X and you're like, oh, oh wow, this is so good. Um, What else? Oh, uh, one thing I want to ask. So when we were talking about voice acting and stuff, uh, on my first playthrough, I didn't do this, but I found myself doing it on the second playthrough, was... With the voice acting the way it is, and almost every line is voice acted. I think there's very small amount of lines that aren't. Um, did you guys do that thing where you read the line yourself and don't wait for the voice lines? Oh, yeah. Or did you guys who, wait for the voice lines? Who listens to the voice lines because you'd be like, come on, I know what you're going to say already. You've already said it in my head. I do it I do it on first playthroughs. I do. But do subsequently, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know... A lot of times I'll um I'll turn uh like com- when they have the option like conversation subtitles off, so I'm kind of forced to. I turn conversation subtitles on for everything, and then skip as soon as I've read it every single time. But, but that's Kate Mulgrew wants to tell you something, Craig, and she doesn't want you to read it. She wants to tell you. Yeah, then she wants to turn into. Oh no, hang on, no. Oh, no, no, spoilers! Right. Oh my cut. gosh. Craig, cut. this game is only 11 years old. How are you doing that? No, I've cut it. I've cut it. It's, it's gone. Oh, my God. We've been talking for an hour already. We have. The second one's going to be shorter. Don't worry. Um, speaking of being an hour, is there anything else, like, gameplay-wise that we haven't touched? Um, the crafting, enchanting, romance? Probably uh, just that you, you have that general RPG structure of you go to place... There are side things to do as well as your main thing to do, and then you optionally do the side things before doing the main thing. Oh, and carry on! You, f- you forgot to remind me, Craig. Yes. Okay, so so oh, talk about side quests. Thank you. Okay, so um, I used to think in the heady days of my youth of ah, don't put those stupid little exclamation marks on there to show me they got its quest. I'll find the quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through this time and all the quests that aren't marked as yes. this is a quest it was yes. very frustrating to go around and try to talk to everybody be like do you have a quest do you have a quest yeah um that I, burned me out on doing side quests i am um, the the location of side quests and, and where you're supposed to go i ended up taking note like written notes because i got fed up of going to check the map and then realizing it's not going to tell me everything that's due here or who um it's frustrating it was the thing that out of all of the things, out of the clipping and the terrible textures and everything, that's the thing that made me feel it, like it was dated, was you had to properly juggle your active quest. Oh yeah, because they also do that thing where uh, you just can't do this quest anymore. Sorry. Uh-huh. I'm like, but, but no, it's not yeah. fair. It's really... So I, I did do my usual, I will do all the side quests and then I'll do the main quest and then I'll hoover the side quests. 
it's so much more difficult to do that in this than it is in a lot of more modern games, which you open the map and you can see on the map where the quests are due, what quests are blah, 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 blah. It's all there. It just wasn't for this. Yeah, I I, I probably would have done a lot more side quests. Even if they just marked, okay, a side quest starts here, I would have been fine with that. I, I could have looked in the journal for, oh, okay, it has to be turned back into this person. That's fine. But it was the go talk to everybody to make sure you have everything that bothered me. It, it surprised me when I spoke to someone that didn't, you know, like look like they were going to give me a quest. I was just randomly speaking to people, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, go off and do this." I'm like, "Have I just been hoodwinked, like by <laughs> by an NPC that isn't part of the game that's just randomly given me, you know, like those gremlins <laughs> so in the game?" You are not marked, sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, trust you. Mike, I take it you didn't really futz around with not, that? Not a huge amount, although I did I did walk into a few chats sort of thinking, stay wary, this person might ask me to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I tried... The PTSD squad has to be elsewhere. I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes if you've got to kill them before they get to ask you to go and pick up five roses in a, <laughs> in a field somewhere. Because otherwise you're just going to be, you know doing your botany thing all day long and that's not that's not a way to live not in the dragon age no i i agree that's not a way to live all right so um i think we're gonna wrap it up here because we do want to get into the second episode and i think we've talked about everything that's pretty much can be confined to this episode so if you want to hear us talk about the characters uh the story you know things like that uh do join us on the next episode where we will do that uh, any uh, should we do like kind of a recommend yes no kind of thing, and then we'll give final thoughts in the end of the le- next episode. So, uh, Mike, Craig, do you guys recommend this? I'm I'm happy to jump in first and say that I think I would say this is if you've never played it before, it's probably worth a try. I think a lot of my playing through this time jaded the experience for me. I I wasn't keen on playing a game I'd completed before in the past. I did enjoy it originally, but but this time around, it just wasn't the case that, you know, I was, I was definitely really up for it. There's been so many games since then. Um, in in reality, I might, I might even say that, you know, take a punt on games that you might have sort of given a miss. For example, Divinity. And, <laughs> you know, because that... <laughs> hey, remember, that, say some of it for final thoughts, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but I'd just say, I'd just say, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe give it a try, but not if you're too much into the now. It's probably not not something to go go back to. All right, Craig. I'll just say, right just to keep it very short. Having only played Dragon Age Inquisition, this filled a hole that I did not know I had with more Dragon Age. If that makes any sense, like I didn't know I needed to play more, but now I think I really do need to play more. Um, to the point where I re-downloaded Dragon Age Inquisition. Straight after I played it. What because... about Dragon Age 2? Well, you can always go for a platinum. Oh, Dragon, Dragon, Age, Age Dragon Age 2 is £14.99 just now, and I'm going to wait until it goes on sale, and then I'm going to buy it and play it, and then play Inquisition. It really did... It gave, it gave me that Dragon Age feeling. And So if you like really like Dragon Age and you've only played Inquisition, it's well worth a punt. Now, surprisingly, I'm going to come down more on Mike. More on Mike's side than I am Craig. I'm not going to yell at Mike. Uh... I think that this this was a lot of fun for me to go back to, but I very much had the mind after the first couple hours had the mindset of okay, let's keep our expectations realistic here. Um, I would say give it a shot if you want more Dragon Age, absolutely. But I would no longer, I think, recommend people who are interested in the Dragon Age series to start here. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if you've played... In, uh, yeah, if you want more Dragon Age, play it, but don't start here. Yeah. This is not the place to like, start. This is rough. I would recommend it if you were playing games in this era, you will know what games from this era are like. If not, this is going to be harsh to go back to. So, yeah. I mean, I basically, I guess, just said, if you liked it and played it before, play it again. If not, don't worry about it. So, <laughs> So anyway, we'll, we'll, give, we'll get more into that kind of stuff on the next episode. We want to keep it light here. So, uh, Craig? Yes. Mike? Yes. 
want you both to say goodnight to the nice people. Good night, nice people. And you know what? If you're one of the lucky, unlucky people that happen to be quarantined from coronavirus, yeah, go ahead and play Dragon Age. What else do you have to do? <laughs> uh, I hope you get better. And um, we will see you next episode on Dragon Age Oranges Part 2, where we unpeel the game. Yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs>